0: Hello, this is podcast number 268 of the Purple Psychology Podcast. I'm Nisha O'Reilly. This podcast is on self. I've been reading two books for this podcast, and I'll put them in the description. The first one is Grayson Perry's book, Playing to the Gallery, which is basically a book that anyone who wants to go into the art world should read. It's about surviving the art world, navigating it, how to be yourself. Kind of who makes up the road to success and how to navigate it. I love the book just for how he slags off art critics speak and compares it to inaptly translated French and being quite unreadable. I wish someone would do the same with scientific journals. But yet again, this book shows me how important it is for us to be able to express ourselves and to express our true self and to not go down a route of doing that in order to play to the gallery, essentially. The other book I've been reading, I bought in Galway in one of my favourite bookshops called Charlie Burns. And it's called The Infinite Mirror. And I didn't really know why I was so drawn to this book, but I went for it. And it's a translation and explanation of two Buddhism poems. I can't read any of the names, so I'm not going to try. I'm just going to include the link in the description. It's one of the great limitations of my literacy that I can never read names. But I've had lots of ideas rolling around in my head, especially in the current climate. And I think one of the most shocking aspects of my work is that I always give people permission to be themselves. But why do they need it? And is it a good self? And what is self? But more importantly, I've realized what is my view of it. I've been having another one of those alien moments where I realize that my definition is different to everyone else's. And it's back to this idea that I talked about in happiness and the article I shared in a previous podcast and this idea of being empty. And in a way, I'm beginning to see that as fundamentally what's most important is that there's a gradient, that there is a way for the energy to flow, which I'll get to at the end of this podcast if I've managed to wrap up all the ideas in my head. I always strive for wholeness, which in a way it's sort of similar but opposite as there's nothing needing to fill you so it's in contrast to being empty being whole and your actions don't depend on being filled up so in the same way they can be viewed as serving as empty it's only when we have an ego that we want to be filled and we're brimming for something to make it better We have this sense of a chasm inside that needs to be filled. And I suppose that's why I've always viewed empty as being a chasm of need. There's incredibly successful people in the world, especially people who struggled with literacy and struggled with school, that have a chasm inside that needs to be filled, because I can see it. It's like a gaping hole in the middle of them. And there's, there's a real sense in the world currently that we're fighting for individuals' rights, but they're not for the whole. And in fact, I've been reading a lot about Castro, who I have to admit that I didn't know very much about. But the state of each country's hardship during the pandemic, I guess, has made me go back and look at the history and the forming of those hardships and that suffering and to look at it in a slightly different context. It's made me go back And see where the gaps are. But Castro is an example of someone who speaks for the individual, but speaks for the whole. I'll include a speech link in the description, which is from the International Conference of Finance and Development in Mexico from 2002. I read an extract of this in an Alice Walker book, which I'll also include a link to, We Are The Ones We've Been Waiting For. And there's a sense when he speaks for the individual rights, that he's speaking for the whole rights of a country. And Gandhi did this as well. But it's always a hard sell. And it's very easy for this to push you out of favour with everyone, and to label you as an extremist. But what I worry about, and this is a conversation I have with a friend over the weekend that really sparked this, it's the far right in every country that is billed as speaking for the collective rights point now. But they're speaking for the self, and the self in the form of the ego gain. It's not for a wholeness or an emptiness. And some of what they have to say is very true, but it's cloaked in a real self-need. And it's not about a collective good. In fact, I think the biggest lesson of the pandemic is that we can't do collective good. If we could, we very simply would not have travelled to places with less health care access than ours and brought a broader variant that destroyed lives. We wouldn't see it as a win for a portion of our society to be excluded from living. With wholeness comes a great responsibility to others and for the actions you take for the whole. And we're currently only... Living in this self serving mode. And it's a big challenge for me around religion because I noted a long time ago that each religion, every religion, uses fundamental ages of core personality and self development as in sort of an initiation ceremony of some kind. And there is a sense for me that sometimes the logic behind this is to try and suppress the idea of an individual for me and what's sometimes seen as a self but it's not a self it for because for me I've realized that it's what it's really limiting is the individual the best leaders in the world always speak for the individual and the individual is homeless it's a core it's emptiness it's consciousness it's all of those things together but often What we're really doing is creating ego, self, control, greed, self-serving, and they all go together. So we confuse the development of the individual with self a lot. And if we don't develop the individual, we don't have people such as Castro and Gandhi who speak for the whole and really for equal rights. I worry that there's a theme in all religions where you have to seek permission to be you. And we're afraid that if there's too many individuals in the world that we can't represent them all. But if we don't represent them and they don't have a voice and they don't have the expression that Grayson Perry talks about, they riot. But I worry more about the extreme right people currently who essentially are suppressing other voices. Like the far right has always contained racist, homophobia, fascist, It's always been that way. And I worry that we're taking a cue from them in the pandemic, that they're the only ones that feel they're speaking for human choice. And with the pandemic, we do have choices. But the missing part has been for me that they have to be beyond yourself. Yes, you can have a choice not to have a vaccine, but you must also make a choice not to contaminate other people who may die or who kill their loved ones or be left with long-term illness, or subject a whole cohort of medical professionals who've been living hell for well over a year now, in working in really extreme conditions. None of this is ever seen or acknowledged in the far right about the individual choice. All we had to do was stop traveling. But there's an idea, a bigger idea, in the infinite mirror, which I've written about before, and that's You can't have change without a gradient. You can't have growth. We must have a comparison, a contrast, a difference, even if that means extremes at times. And this may be why we have such polarization in the world at present. For real change, we have to understand that there's been a huge gradient created. And maybe that's not all bad. But we have to understand the differences between self and wholeness and ego an emptiness if you like, a sense of something to fill or something to pour from.